Hi, I'm Deanna Robbins. And I'm Christy North. Welcome to Pieces of a Woman podcast, where we explore all the pieces that make up a woman, mind, body, and soul. We are two everyday women who have survived, thrived, been defeated, humbled, and spent our lives committed to embracing all complexities of being a woman. This podcast is dedicated to all women, all women searching for real conversations. We are going to be exploring everything from sexuality, aging, menopause, physical and mental health, spirituality, marriage, divorce, and blended families. Everything is on the table, except politics. Every episode will be committed to engaging conversations that will include interviews with influential women, leaders, healers, authors, and good friends. Thank you for taking this journey with us. Hi, this is Christy and Deanna. Welcome to Pieces of a Woman podcast. So this episode, we are going to talk about blended families. (laughs) Yeah, a topic we both know all too well. Which will encompass um, step parenting, stepchildren, and just really blending families and hopefully give you some insight on, you know, maybe, you know, how to do it successfully, or maybe it'll just be about... um, what it looks like blending a family and maybe some of the mistakes we made that we wish we could have done differently. <laughs> uh, I think we just want to talk about all of it. Yeah. We've made mistakes, really. I don't think so. Um, do you want to start off with some statistics? It's yeah. It's kind of I mind-boggling think, a I little think it's, bit. It's super important. So from the U.S. Bureau of Census, it's saying that 1,300 new step families are forming every day. Like 1,300 every day. Every That's a day. lot. Yeah, that's a lot. Over 50% of U.S. families are remarried or recoupled. Um, God, what is that? What is that saying? Well, these are like 2021, right? Yeah. So I want to share with you, back in 1998, when Kenny and I got together and we blended our families... It was such a kind of interesting thing that happened to us. We were, I think we were literally putting our house together. We'd only lived in it a couple of weeks, and the kids were already kind of like being introduced to this new home. Yeah. And we had a knock on our door. And it was a somebody kind of like just like a cold call sales type thing. And for some reason, Kenny and I, we got in a conversation. We talked about the fact that we had just moved in the neighborhood we had just blended our families together, and this person took a minute, sat with us, and said, you guys have less than a 5% chance of making it. Wow. As a married couple, bringing kids into the relationship. Second marriage, bringing mm-hmm. kids into the relationship. Wow. And, you know, for Kenny and I, we looked at each other and went, shit, you know what? Yeah. No, we're in this. This is happening. We're going to make it work. We, this, we're so in love we know that this is what's right, and no, we're, we're not that statistic. We're yeah. going to make this happen. And then when we closed the door and he left, we went, oh, shit. <laughs> okay, but how long have you been married? Well, let me just, let me just kind of like <laughs> share that, that we were looking at it. We asked him, so what, what are we going to do to be more successful than that? And he yeah. said, I'm going to tell you right now, you need to incorporate therapy in with your children and both of you so that you guys can beat those statistics. Oh, yeah. And, you know, so we really, we visited that and we, and we, 
and we actually incorporated it in with our two oldest daughters because, you know, I think we're going to talk about this, but the stages of where they are in the yeah. relationship and, and how old they are really kind of affects that relationship in the blended family. And, and Whitney and Erica were already going into 10 years old, and so oh, yeah. they were so much more vocal, obviously, yeah. which contributed to some of the challenges. But um, So we brought therapy in for the two of them. And yes, to you know, so Kenny and I have been together over twenty three years, together twenty five years, and that's a long time you've made it work. We have, and you know, it's not to say that we haven't had our challenges along the way, and um, we've had some goods and bad, some ups and some downs. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. So I just wanted to bring that into perspective because we were told right out the door, beginning of our relationship, you have less than a five percent chance of making it. Oh my gosh! Well. No, one, here's the, I, I read this quote, and we're pulling up a lot of information just to kind of, resources. Um, I know one of the things I saw, which is so true, you never think in one of my goals, I want to be a step-parent. You never go, oh, hey, in my life, I want to be a step-parent. Right. Um, not that it's a bad thing. You just don't think about it, and then all of a sudden you're faced with it. You go through a divorce, and all of a sudden you go, oh, my gosh, I really, I really like this person. Um, it's getting serious. They have two kids. Oh, yeah. man. What does that look like? And I know for me, I wish I would have sought support, counsel, whatever that looks like. Because you don't really, you kind of go in, I went into it blindly of, I don't really know what my role should be, shouldn't be. As you should have gone into it blindly. Oh. You, how, how do you plan for that? You don't, and <laughs> you you don't, don't. plan for that. And, you know, you hear that, that saying is they don't give you a book on how to raise children. And, you know, does anybody write a book on how to blend no. a family and be a step-parent? And there are a lot today. I think there's mm-hmm. a lot of information out there that you can, um, you know, go to and, and get some support and, and insight. But I would say, you know, 20-something years ago, I felt like we were kind of like creating that. Yeah. Um, what that looks like for a blended family. Yeah. Well, you have done it. You guys have done it great. And I think um, going back that long ago when I first came into a blended family, it also depends. You, were, you touched on it briefly. <clears throat> depends on the age of the children, what your role becomes. It's very confusing for kids, too. I mean, with all due respect to these kids who are thrust into what the heck they have no idea depends on their age where it's going to mean something or not like how hard whether they're going to resist it or not I guess I should say Um, I think the older you are the harder it is to to be accepting of this new person in your life I know for me um, my history being a, a child and when my mom would when she would get married um we had a really bad example. We had a few years, which I'll dive into more on my story. But when he finally went out of the picture, I was so grateful. And then a couple of years later, my mom met my stepdad now, which they have been married now. Holy cow, over 30. I should know this, but over 30 years. But I remember because I was in, at the age I was at, and I met him, and he's the nicest person. But I, it didn't matter. I didn't want anybody right. in that role. And I remember saying to my mom, why do you need a man? Yeah. 
And it's great with just the three of us, me and my mom and my sister. Like, it's just great. And so, and he, thank God, was such a nice guy and more laid back. He didn't come in trying to demand authority and respect. And he really laid back, which is a good thing because it helped our relationship develop. And that's a key. You've got to step back. I have learned you've got to step back and let the relationship evolve because the kids are dealing with so many different emotions. But the poor guy never stood a chance because I was older. How old were you? I was 14 or 15 when he came in. So I was just like, I don't want anything to do with him. He could have said boo to me and I would have not cared. Right. You were in that teenage year where you were probably rejecting him so much and you had a, and you were pretty vocal about Mm -hmm. what you were okay with. And yeah, you know, I agree with you. I think the age is a big piece of it. Um, I want to give credit to that younger age though as well. Um, because although they may not know exactly what is happening, they're still being affected by the decisions that we're making as yeah, adults. And, for sure. and they are subconsciously, I think some things are happening that they're questioning, which yeah. affects their, um, understanding and coping and and sometimes I think you know when you're looking at what creates anxiety in a person and if you look back at the trauma that might take place at a young age and you and this is one of those things so when you're looking at blending your family and you're taking the age into consideration being aware that you know kids are resilient yeah they're resilient but that doesn't mean they're not affected by what's for sure. happening yeah and I would say you know we had a couple our two young boys were in that six to seven age and where we thought that they were completely um fine fine and handling it finding out later in years what the impact wow. it was truly on them psychologically yeah. because they just didn't understand what was going on yeah. because nobody was truly explaining what was happening and so there were some there were some things that you know affected them later in the years now with that said you know we have Katie who was 2 yeah. when we blended so she was in a really young frame oh, yeah. and yeah. and maybe not so highly impacted and if you ask her today she, there's probably some things that she could speak to but she will say I didn't know any different. I have three parents, her mom and her dad and I, and she was, and that's all I know. So I think it's important to, you know, think about how they're being impacted at the different ages and what they're aware of and what you're sharing and how you're communicating. Yeah. Well, I think that there's a lot of things that I didn't think about going into it. So if you are... Which I'm sure a lot of our listeners are in this situation um, as well, have went through it or thinking about going through it and blending the family. There's so much more to consider that I wish I would have talked about or sought help advice from other people. Because what is your role? It depends also on the couple who their parent roles, so their relationship. So do you have a toxic relationship? With your ex. With the ex. So when you're coming into it and you're like, oh, I'm going to marry this person, what is his relationship with the ex? Is it toxic? Do they work together? Or do they co-parent together healthy? Are they healthy? Is it negative? Like, that is a big red flag. And I will speak to this. Um, My ex-husband and his ex-wife had such a toxic relationship that it, it can't help but filter into your family, into the children, and 
everything that they are soaking in and filling, you just can't help. You can't. Right. And everything that you might be, everything you're doing to create this positive, thriving dynamic in your relationship Mm -hmm. somewhat is affected by that kind of layering into it every time you go back and forth with with the visitation or whatever that looks like. Yeah. Um, I agree. I think, I think having, you know, figuring out how to navigate when the spouse and the ex are not in a good place, they're not co-parenting well. Yeah. And there's, um, a lot of animosity taking place and there's nothing you can really do to control it. Um, I think your role is to be as supportive as you can, which Mm -hmm. I know you would say looking back, um, and thinking about maybe what you did or didn't do, <clears throat> yeah. if you were giving advice to someone today, what would that look like? Yeah. Well, I think the biggest thing on that, like hindsight is twenty twenty, is <clears throat> really having that conversation with your, if you're going into that and you decide you're going to blend your family, you have got to have some real, honest, hard conversations of boundaries on everything. Boundaries on and depending on the age of the children, so I'm reading this right near, right now, age differences to be aware of. So if you're under 10, they may adjust more easily. They may adapt and they need more attention from parents, but basically have more basic daily needs. Um, ages 10 to 14, they may be more sensitive to feelings, need more reassurance, reassurance than little ones, and need more time to bond. So that being patient with that new child Um, Age 15 and older, they may be less involved in family time, may not openly express as easily, and need a sense of um, agency and equal respect. And so I think that's where I fit in. I think the age 15 and older, I needed to just see where this... I was very guarded and very protective after such a really bad situation, so speaking for me personally... But when you're coming into it as a step-parent, and I think the best gift you can have as a couple is having those hard conversations of what are our rules at our house? Having the respect, because now you're trying to create a new family unit. Um, What are going to be our new family traditions? And also respecting their prior family traditions. There's so many things to think about that we just go, oh, no, now we're married. And we're going to do this, and we just expect the kids to adapt. Um, Easier said than done. Well, and it's, you know, the other part of that is at the same time as us building our relationship with our new family, we also have to figure out as as parents, whether you're the father or the mother, um, having respect for their parents, their children's other parents. Yeah, And being careful to um, not putting out there our personal feelings when we don't agree with something um, or when we have strong feelings about the way something's being handled Mm -hmm. and being really sensitive to those kids that are identifying with their parents from here day one going forward they always are going to identify with their parents as their person and who they are and so if we can be really careful with this this step parent interjecting what we think about their mom or their dad yeah um is going to one be a healthy place it's coming from a healthy place for them growing up it's also um just helping them develop healthy mm-hmm. behaviors but it will help the relationship between you and your new spouse and 
not that you don't have those difficult conversations because you do and you have those different different opinions and so Kenny and I always tried to practice I don't know that we were perfect at it but we would have those conversations when we didn't agree with each other behind a closed door when yeah. the kids went to bed and everything was quiet we would go behind a closed door and that's yeah. when one of us would say okay I really don't agree with how you handled that and next you know I think in the future maybe we do it this way or let's make sure we're not talking about their parent whether it was their yeah. mom or their dad um, in a negative way and reminding each other of that because we tend to forget when we're in the heat of the moment. Yeah. Well, and I would say to that, if you're dating somebody who has a tendency to talk negative about, and just as a red flag, if they're talking negative about their ex in front of their children, that's a behavior you just can't, it's just going to escalate and get worse as they get older. Yeah. And it should be a red flag to you because you just have to respect, because here's the truth. Even if that person is totally dysfunctional, the other parent is totally dysfunctional, going down just a, a horrible thing. You can put all the blame on one person, if right. you want, even if that is true. Um, the blood of that person still runs through that child's veins. And that's how they identify. Totally. And, it's, and, it's, and they look at themselves as that person being there, who they want to be. Yes. And so when you start to criticize that person, yeah. you affect their self um their identity. Their self-worth. Yeah. And their self-worth. Sure. So you have to be so yeah. careful with that. It's about respect. It's about, it's all about boundaries, right. I think. Um, I think this is interesting too. I think when you are blending a family and having the patience, but this is a really good article on forced versus natural bonding. Um, I'm fortunate in my relationship now because my children are older. His children are younger. So we didn't have the living together, like right. you had to go, you know, you went through. I did that before, but that's a whole different set of challenges. We had been really fortunate because they're just at different ages. There's no competition. There's no, it just worked really good. But this right here, bonding together as a blended family is just going to take time. And sometimes it can take years before you're really comfortable. So I think as a parent, not forcing that onto your child of acceptance. You love this person, male or female, whatever. Um, you're, you're so excited about this new person and you just you want your kids to accept and love them. And I think we need to step back and go, just because I feel this way respect how they feel they don't it's going to take time and that person really kind of has to earn their trust and respect and let it and I think somebody gave me a, the advice of you got to let them have the relationship they're going to have it may be good it may be bad but you can't get in the middle of it and let that it. evolve well, you know I will say coming from being a stepmom so in our relationship um when we first got together Erica my stepdaughter, who at the time was nine, um, I thought, I was young, you know, I was in my mid to late 20s, and so, like you mentioned, I didn't, I didn't know what being a step-parent looked like, I didn't know how to blend the family, and, and I was coming from a really naive perspective, and, and really not really knowing how to navigate it, and she, at the time, was really um kind of rejecting the relationship mm -hmm. and she was not accepting it and I came in thinking if I can just you know create this relationship and bond with her then this is going to change and so really early on I was trying to fill a role mm -hmm. um she was you know a ho she jumped horses she rode horses and she needed to be at a certain um 
places at a certain time. And so I jumped in and was being that person. And I was taking her. I was trailering her horse. I was showing up. And she wanted nothing to do with me. Yeah. And she was really struggling. And I was struggling. And I was going home in tears. I'm trying so hard. And she wanted none of it. She wanted her mom. Yeah. And she wanted her dad. And she was young. And I expected her to just wrap her arms around this whole idea and receive me. And the reality was... It, it, she wasn't ready and mm-hmm. it had to come in her own time yeah. and so when we talk about the timing I go back and it probably took us maybe two or three years and yeah. then she came around on her terms and just kind of watching the dynamic of the family and how her dad handled situations with how we both parented together mm-hmm. which was super healthy and we'll talk about that but at the end of it I'm telling you today you know, she and I have an amazing relationship. Yeah. She's 31, and, you know, she today calls me mom. Aww. And I get to, you know, we get to have these conversations that are real, and um, and it's an amazing relationship. So looking back, I wished I would have known what I know now. I wish I knew what I know now yeah. in terms of giving her the space that she needed, yeah. letting her kind of acclimate on her own, and just giving her that time, and I didn't. I tried to push it. I tried to force it. Yeah. And then I stepped back and went, okay, i got to give her that yeah. space. That is really good. I think also as a mom, when you bring children into it, I know for me I struggled with, and I think a lot of it was just my childhood too, just <clears throat> being protective of my children and maybe watching how they were being disciplined and sometimes you just, you kind of overstep like you're not right. trusting the process. And what I mean by not trusting the process is we get so protective, but if we haven't had the conversation of how we are going to parent together, or I would say even who is going to discipline, um, because sometimes maybe it's not appropriate for the step-parent to discipline. There's a lot of research on that and a lot of comments about who should be the disciplinary. And I think if you're not comfortable with either party being the person to discipline, you need to have that conversation. So you don't automatically, as a mom for me, I got a little bit protective of, okay, that's my daughter. It's really not your daughter. Do you really love her? You know what I mean? And even though their intent was it was a good intent it came from a good place you still get protective what did you find what did you guys do well i think you get protective but i also think that there's a there's a struggle with um how they're disciplining as well and right. maybe you don't agree with it and so yeah you're how whether it's them disciplining your kids or how they're disciplining their own kids and you're sitting back thinking you're really handling that in a way that I don't think it's appropriate or we should be addressing differently. And so you start to see that there's differences in how you parent. And, and so, we should have had those conversations before we got married. Right, right. right. Like, but you don't think about it. No, and, and so, you know, for us, with five kids starting, they quickly learned that, you know, they needed that their survival um, – Mechanism was how do we play both sides? Yeah, you know they yeah. were they were looking at all right how do we do this with dad <laughs> and how do we do this with Chris and we also have mom on the outside or dad on the outside yeah. that you know we can bring into this and so our kids were super smart and and they did challenge us that way and I I want to give credit to Kenny because 
we ran into a few conflicts with how he was disciplining early in. I'm talking, you know, within six months to a year. And like you just talked about, I was struggling with it um, and vice versa. But what ultimately happened is Kenny just came to this place without even really telling me. Um, He kind of went to this place with his kids that he thought, we need to be a united front. And so that's amazing. He personally made it his mission to be united no matter who it was or how it was. And so his kids would go to him with something that maybe they had already come to me with and they didn't like my response or Jen's response, which Uh is their mom. And I'm speaking to my stepchildren, but Kenny would say, what did Christy say? Yeah. What did Christy say? So he automatically out the door went with, what did Christy say? And so the kids quickly... Um, learned that, oh, guess we need to go to Christy, yeah. and that's where we're going to get our answer. And so his thought process was, this is temporary. Mm-hmm. Our marriage is long-term. Yeah. We were going to make this the long haul. And so in his mind, it was, one day our kids are going to be gone, and it's just going to be the two of us. And so in his mind, he thought, i got to figure this out so that it's peaceful for yeah. all of us. And if my kids are going to play this game, I'm going to show them really quickly, we're a united front. And, and that was really helpful to us. Well, I think that is really good. And I think a lot of men feel that way. I think women struggle. This is just my perspective in talking to a lot of women. I think a lot of men feel that way. Like they have, they're more logical in a sense, but we get a little more emotional. And even though logically I knew that, still... It's that it's that feeling of you just that motherly feeling that you just don't want anything to be. And I probably came from a place that's probably baggage from a childhood where you get protective and if you hear a male voice raise and etc. But um, the fact that he, you guys came to that and worked through that is pretty phenomenal because I think a lot that's sometimes you know your this new relationship everything's so wonderful and, and then, you have this dynamic that can yes. totally derail you. And it's, and kids are going to go, so you're going to go through all the normal stuff. So if you blend your family when your kids are younger, you got to know you're going to go through your own stuff with kids, uh, teenagers or whatever. But now you're adding, so talking about the perspective from the kid's point, um, and I want you to chime in on this, and I would love to, you know, our kids could speak to this better than us, but I'll speak to it from me being a child when my mom would, would get married and these foreigners come into our household, and now all of a sudden they're siblings. Hey, here, this is your stepbrother. Right. And I, uh, that was not good. <laughs> and it was not a welcome thing because I was older typically when it happened. Um, so I know it was very hard for me, and I know my kids have their experience and your kids have theirs, but I look at how close your family is and how close the siblings are. But if they're closer in age, because I alluded to earlier, now in this marriage, my kids are older, his kids are younger. So yeah. there's no, hey, when his kids come to our house, they're not coming into my kids living here and having their own bedrooms. His girls have been adapted to, every time they come here, it's like their house. They've never had to compete. It feels so with other kids. Yeah, so they're yeah. kind of on their own, and it's, and that's a whole other dynamic, and yeah. um, and it's a challenge, and it's hard to blend um, with the different personalities. And you know, Kenny and I brought in. He had three. I had two, and the ages were nine to two. And I will say, the first couple of years, 
were not easy. Um, it was hard for them to understand really what was taking place. They were still holding on to the families they had before we got together. Yeah. So there was that piece. But I get um, that. It's natural. Right. Yeah. They were also carrying the burden of what their other parents were emotionally dealing with. Yeah. And so that weight was was weighing on them. And so when they would come to our home and then they had to, you know, be into this family dynamic with other siblings and of course initially out the door they weren't they weren't identifying with them being their siblings. Yeah. Um, in fact, there was a lot of battling. There was a lot of conflict with personalities. You had you know a really strong personality with one of them, and maybe the other one maybe you know was a little bit more mellow and not as aggressive or assertive. Yeah. And so Kenny and I really quickly, which is so chaotic, and if anybody <laughs> at the time thought we were crazy, we put all of the kids in separate schools. Oh, wow. And especially Whitney and Erica, because they were the same age, and they were in fifth grade, and we put them all in the same elementary thinking, oh, we have this happy family, this is great, we're going to go uh-huh. drop them off at elementary, and it's going to be awesome. And they came home the first couple of weeks, and quickly we learned that was not working, because they were fighting for the same yeah. friends, and they were fighting for the same validations, whether it was boys or groups yeah. and then they were coming home at the end of the night where we were wanting to have dinner and be together as a family and they were at each other the entire time and so we learned how do we create a situation where they can go into their life outside whether it be school or whatever and have their identity there and then still come home and be sisters yeah and the only way we could think that that would work was we put them in separate schools and so that kind of like translated to all the kids we put them in separate elementary schools separate junior highs and separate high schools and that required kenny and i yeah as well as the our exes which were their other parents driving them to all these different schools and it was a huge sacrifice but it saved our home life it created a place where they could be siblings when they came home and so through the years the bonds were formed and they fought like normal siblings do. And at the time for us, we thought that, that it was, Oh, because they're stepsisters or stepbrother and it was traumatic. But the reality was they were acting like siblings and that just continued to happen. Even today, today they still have those same little battles, but our kids would say they actually, what I say, what they don't say is they don't call each other stepsister or stepbrother. Yeah. Yeah. They are sister and brother. Yeah. And oh, so it I took years. That. It took but, years to create that, but it was us really kind of looking at what's going to help us be a family when we come home at the end of the day. Yeah. Well, I think it's very forward thinking because back then, I mean, that that says a lot about you and Kenny because you were realizing the bigger picture and respecting where they were coming from, really, because a lot of people, it just is what it is. You just are forced into hey, all of a sudden, hey, I didn't choose to have a stepsister or two or three, or I didn't choose to have a stepbrother, you know, that type of thing. And it doesn't, and I think you can't force them to bond right away. They've got to have, you've got to let it evolve. And they're either going to bond together or they're not and create a good relationship. But God, I think that's pretty big, Christy. That's great advice for people doing that today. And it's not ideal. I don't don't know that everybody can do what Mm -hmm. we were able to do fortunately we were in a position that we could put them in separate schools and we seeked out what that looked like 
Um, you know, but we have the same stories. We have, uh, you know, the one story that sticks out so much with Whitney and Erica, which they could tell you today. And it's, it's a joke that goes through some of our text messages as a family, but you know, Whitney would go and pull a shirt out of Erica's closet, uh-huh. you know, like siblings do, like sisters oh, yeah. do, yeah. We, you know, we would wear our sister's clothes and, uh-huh. you know, Whitney would find something that she loved and she'd go to school because Erica wouldn't see her. They were in separate schools. Yeah. And Whitney <laughs> would walk in the house at the end of the night and Erica would be there and Erica would see her and just be like, what the heck are you doing with my shirt yeah. on? Take it off right now. Get that shirt off of you. And Whitney yeah. would be, what is going on? So, you know, they, they had all those I can say today, fun little fights, but they, they did their typical yeah. sibling arguments that wasn't anything out of the normal. Yeah. Well, I think it's beautiful. And I want to shift gears just a, a, a minute because we keep talking about, um, you know, it depends on the relationship that your ex or that your husband has with their ex um, or vice versa. If you're, you know, somebody listening who you're married and, and you're married to a woman who has an ex-husband. There's a lot of toxic relationships. And so sometimes when you're coming into that, it makes it even more difficult. And I want to say one thing. We talked earlier about not speaking ill or saying anything negative in front of the children, in front of your stepchildren about their other spouse. Even if it's warranted, right? Even if it's, you know it's true. It does no good. It's not something that anybody should do. But I want to say there's also the other, the flip side that if you're blessed to have, my daughter was blessed. Her dad was an amazing man. He was a great father. He remarried and his new wife was an incredible stepmother and still is to this day to my daughter. And I looked at it from a place of abundance in the sense of the more people that love my daughter, the better her life is going to be. And I will say there were boundaries, though, as well. And I think Cindy really respected my relationship with her. She didn't try to be an over, in my view anyway, she didn't try to be an overzealous stepmom or a pushy. She stayed in, you know, you can kind of say stayed in your lane. She was very respectful. Um, She knew that Jess and I had a really good, healthy relationship. But I was very respectful of her as well. That was his new wife. Yeah. And... I did, I valued their relationship and what they brought to Tasia and Tasia was a part of their family. So I just want to say there can be a beautiful relationship and I, I'm forever grateful for her and how much she has loved my daughter. Um, and she has now lost the love of her life and it's been hard for her, but she's still connected to Tasia. And so it's a beautiful thing. Well, I think what you're coming from is a place that you're, you're, looking at the bigger picture and you're you're looking at your child and what the benefit is for your child to experience that and I think when you know we hear the stories with ex-wives or ex-husbands whatever whatever that is where there's a lot of toxic there's a lot of reacting and ultimately the people that are that are being affected by it are the kids for sure it's not it's not the Adults that are being affected by the behavior. It's the kids that are suffering from it. And so when we are coming from a place of jealousy, reacting, or being aggressive, or blaming, we're coming from our adolescence. And yeah. we're not... Are you talking about the adolescent I, chair? I am talking about the adolescent <laughs> chair. And, and I think it's our fear that is 
kind of driving those reactions. And so if we can be really mindful and really think about the kids and how they're going to be affected by our behavior, I think we can do a service to them um, as they continue to mature and see that we can have a successful blended family. Yeah. And, you know, Jennifer uh, is Kenny's ex-wife, and it was, you know, we had some interesting first couple of years, and she struggled um, as much as I struggled finding our place in how we were going to parent their kids and and how she was going to um, embrace the fact that they had a stepmom. And, you know, it took her a few years to be okay with the fact that I was a mother figure to them. And and it took her time, as it should. It's not easy to accept that they're going to have another person in their life that they look to. And, you know, her and I have had our own battles here and there. And there's many times that I'm sure she's wanted to lash out at me. And there's many times that I wanted to lash out at her. And ultimately... I always had to bring myself to the place, what is this, how much hurt is this going to cause the kids? Right. And so there was a lot of biting my tongue, refraining from text messages, refraining from emails, like we all want to do. Uh And so to those of you that are listening, that, you know, that's your initial response to just lash out or, or, or reach out when maybe you should just sit back and sit on it for a little bit. I'm encouraging you to think about the kids yeah, because at the end of the day, they're the ones that are hurt the most from it. Well, and and with that even being said, though, here's the truth: it doesn't mean we we don't ever go through frustrating times. And I would say there are times when I get extremely frustrated, and maybe it is from the adolescent chair. Um, but sometimes you're just angry because you don't agree with what has happened or whatever, whatever the situation is, whatever was said, whatever happened. And I'm just grateful that you have the spouse and partner that you can vent and, and really talk about it and go, okay, this pisses me off, this person, whatever, but don't ever do it in front of the kids. Right. So if you got to get it out, get it out with your spouse or get it out with a girlfriend or somebody, right. but don't ever do it in front of the children. You know, and, and being a blended family is... Um, it's a challenge, and if you can do it successfully, it's an it can be an amazing experience for everybody involved. Uh, we're fortunate. Um, I feel super blessed that our family, you know, twenty plus years later, my kids look at each other as siblings. Our kids look at every all the parents as parents. <clears throat> In fact, our exes are part of our kids' lives and. You know, my ex-husband is coming to the wedding of my stepson. And, you know, my um, Kenny's ex-wife comes to my daughter's graduation. And so we have figured out how to put our children first. We've also um, put in front of us that it's it's better for us all to be together versus having us divide. It doesn't work for every family. There's stuff that happens. There's things that are in play that that can't always work. I'm just saying, if you can figure out a way, then everybody's going to be better off for it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think this has been a pretty uh, fascinating topic, just because we're both living it, and we both have experienced um, all, all different things with blended families. So what would you say if you could, if you could tell yourself 20 years ago or whatever it Ooh. looks like, what would you say as a step-parent, blended family, what would you tell yourself 
today? The biggest number one thing I would say for myself is I personally was so focused on the relationship that I believed no matter what obstacle we had, we could face. So I did not have hard conversations about what does it really look like blending our family. And when you're younger, you know, I think you just kind of think you're going to get through it. And as I got older, you realize, um, no, we should have probably really talked about it, establishing what does it really look like? What do you want? What do I want? Finding my voice, because I would, I am definitely a pleaser and I want to keep the peace and make things good. Um, but then I grew to resent some things. So I would say having, if I could have told myself back then, like really look at and have those hard conversations because if you don't now, it'll surface later and it only hurts um, your relationship. So, so good. Yeah, really look at it. And are you prepared to be a step-parent? Because here's the truth. I think sometimes you go into it and you don't think it's going to be that hard or that challenging, but if you don't know what that relationship is with the, the person you're marrying and their ex, yeah. if you don't know, you don't, you could be walking into a minefield and dodging, I mean, explosive, explosives. And so that's and there's so much I, more to just the family, right? You're so much more. As a, as a, let's just talk about just specifically as as the wife coming in with her own kids and yes. your new husband has kids and there's a really great possibility that that new husband is paying alimony or child support for sure and that's a whole other dynamic yeah, that's that a whole other topic <laughs> that can create so much resentment yeah. because you're now having to figure out how to financially be okay with that check that's being written every month and how it's affecting your now family and so Good point, Christy. I'm so glad you brought that up. You have to be so committed to the bigger picture. Yeah. And you have to be able to set aside your personal feelings when it comes to that and be okay with what that is going to look like and that it's going towards your children. And And it's tough. And it takes a tough person to be able to endure a lot of what comes with that and it's on both sides whether it's the husband or the wife it's still in for sure it's on both sides so be prepared to not only are you blending your family what that looks like for your children emotionally yeah and how it affects them as they are maturing but also what it looks like for your family financially and are you okay with that can you endure what that looks like I 100% agree. Okay, so same question to you. <clears throat> what would I tell my 27-year-old self? Yeah. Um, I would say to um, be more patient and not think that it, it needed to happen as quickly as I wanted it to um, as far as everybody feeling like they were part of a family. I would have a lot more awareness of how my children were being affected by Mm. that decision. And I would also make sure that I was more in tune with what was happening outside of our home. Like when they were going to their mom or their dads and and what they were dealing with emotionally between going back and forth. And how that was going to affect them because there's so many psychological 
um, things that are taking place during that process. And I just was so naive. I mean, I was 26, so I was still learning how to raise kids, being a mom and then being a wife to my second husband. And so I wasn't as connected with what my children were going through. So I would tell myself, be more aware, be more mindful, take the time to understand and learn, whether it's reading books or getting a therapist, as we were advised, bring someone in that can help you navigate that. Oh, I think that is great. I feel like with Scott, I was definitely more intentional. We did have the conversations. um, And it it changed the outcome. Like it changed the outcome. Yeah. I would say. So, no, great, great topic. I'm sure, what did I say? How many households? Um, I forgot my prior number, but how many people are dealing with this? There's a lot of blended families happening every day. Um, and we just hope that there's some insight on this. We hope you can learn from our, our mistakes and, uh, well, our mistakes or maybe some of the things we've done really well. We hope so. we've given you guys some insight. And if you have any questions, you can always reach out to both Deanna and I, you know how to reach us on our social media. We would love for you to rate us on our Apple podcast and we will talk to you next week. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you think someone could benefit, please share. If there's a conversation you think we should be having or a topic that resonated with you, please let us know. You can engage and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Pieces of a Woman Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. If you listen to us on Apple, leave us a five-star rating and a comment.